Welcome to the Ether. Today is Thursday, November 10th, 2022. Today on the Ether, Juno Ships, featuring Skip Protocol and Comple, hosted by Croncat. Let's take a listen. Let me give you a rundown of how the show goes. Um, since this is a pretty new show, we actually are trying to do a new style for Twitter Spaces. So this is our second one. Super stoked to have everyone here so far. Um, this is a new structure where we do a quick pitch. So we call it Shill 60. It's going to be 60 seconds of Shill as hard as you can. And then we're going to go into something we call Mirror Eli 5, which is allowing both projects to actually repeat back what they heard from Shill 60 and make sure they understand it. And then we go into the Juno ships conversations. So we'll go into deep diving each project what they're bringing to the table, how they're integrating, all the u- user experience types of things, and then we'll open the floor for questions. We're going to give a couple more minutes here to let everybody hop on, and then we'll get started. All right, looks like we have everybody officially here. Let's kick it off. You ready to hit this one? Yep. Awesome. Hello, hello, everybody. Hello. Hello there. Juicy Jeremy, what a great name. Thank you, thank you. Some 2014 Twitter name, you know? You can't find them anymore. <laughs> you don't have to pay for that name. Hey, guys. Can you guys hear me okay? I'm at an airport because we got a little time zone confused. But I'm going to be on for the first, like, 10, 15 minutes, and then Jeremy's going to rip it. So I apologize for that. This is Barry, by the way. That's awesome. uh, okay. We'll just talk about it in our one-on-one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's kick it off here. Um, we're going to do some intros. So the first one, um, I'm going to introduce Skip, and then Ned is going to introduce Compel. So Skip Protocol, thanks for joining us. Uh, Skip is building an ecosystem-aligned MEV product on Cosmos. They're amplifying the effects of good MEV arbitrage and liquidations, and they reduce the effects of bad MEV, sandwiching and front running. They recently launched on Juno Testnet, expanding to Evmos, Terra, and other Cosmos chains soon. They're also working with Osmosis to generate protocol revenue via their MEV solution. That's a wonderful intro. Let me see if I can do better. Uh, it's Compli, by the way. It's not Compl. Co- uh, you, can, you can actually say Comple. Comple. I'll do yeah, this. Yeah, uh, so Comple, um, they are aiming to use the power of Cosmwasm to bring off-chain processes to the on-chain, to on-chain for easy and decentralized management. Uh, they were funded by uh, the Juno community via governance proposal, and they're building a modular NFT marketplace stack on Juno using Cosmwasm. 
Awesome. And your hosts today are Netta Dow and Croncat. Uh, Netta Dow is building the future of store value on the interchain. They're, they've got bare metal validators, community loving to help Howl, Acash, Croncat, Chuno, Juicer, and DowDow. You can stay with them, learn more at netadow.zone, and join the Discord and links in their Twitter bio. Yeah, and our other co-host is Croncat, and they're building an if this then that for the interchain, bringing no-code automations to everyone. They're shipping on Juno soon and love hearing what you want to automate. Reach out on Twitter or their Discord. Sweet. So let's get into it. Um, we've brought Skip with us as well as Comple. We're going to have both of you teams produce the most shilling you can possibly do in 60 seconds. So I'm going to start a timer. It's going to be 60 seconds. You're going to hear the, the timer kick off. You can shill as hard as you can, and then you will hear a ding sound when the 60 seconds are up. So feel free to go as hard as you can until that ding. Did um, we decide first, who gets to go first? You decide. Let's do oh, it. I want uh, Complet to go first. Yeah, this is pretty exciting, by the way. <laughs> not, okay. not sure how I'll be, I'll be doing, but uh, yeah, let's go then. All right, so here we go. Ready, set, go. So with Complet, we have a couple of products, which is Complet Framework, a Complet JS library, and a website called Marble. So what we're trying to do is uh, have a set of contracts for you to, for projects, for people to build out NFT-based applications. So you, it's not really a single marketplace, but with different modules, different contracts made for uh, specific purposes. Uh, you can build out your project uh, and you can, you know, tie it to the real world with ticket systems, event systems, games, anything that you want with an NFT. Uh, with also our website, Marbu, you will be able to access to this world complete framework uh, projects via a no-code environment, UI. So it will be, um, most of the projects will be indexed there. So you'll be have an easy way, easy entrance to the whole ecosystem. And in the future, since it's a framework, uh, we we will allow people projects to actually collaborate uh, on chain. Well done. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, that was that was great. Sweet. So I guess right, uh, Skip. Skip, it's it's your turn. Ready? All righty. Uh, that... First and first and foremost, uh, we are not only on testnet for Juno now. We are also now on mainnet. With every single day, there are searchers submitting MEV bundles and validators and stakers earning more rewards for that. We are building MEV solutions for Cosmos, meaning, uh, well, to back up, there is MEV opportunities all around. Millions of dollars are being made by searchers um, throughout the Cosmos ecosystem, and protocols are not seeing any of that yet. Very minimal transaction fees. And Skip is changing that such that protocols, stakers, users can all actively uh, you know, capture that value back to themselves and use it for what you have. Um, we're expanding once on Juno to Evmos, uh, Terra2, and other chains such that we can start beginning tackling this problem called cross-chain MEV, allowing for us to have more efficient block spaces, um, better protocols, more sustainable protocols, and uh, all doing so without hurting users. Nice. Sweet. You're a little shaky on your dismount there, but I appreciate it. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, 60 seconds is hard. I think he crushed it. This is great. Well, you're biased, obviously, Juicy Jeremy. Oh, actually, <laughs> did we just hear some shit? 
I think there was some mainnet in there. I think we there. did. Yes. Oh, talking shit. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, we're on we're on thirty five different validators now. I think, and like Jeremy said, it's more every day. We should be on the next week as well. Um, and the exciting thing, I think, for for me at least about Skeptics Jeremy got at is like for a long time in Cosmos, we've known block rewards are not a sustainable way to run a chain. Like you're going to inflate yourself to death. Transaction fees are either too low to be meaningful for validators or too high for users. Um, and MEV like is the key that unlocks uh, protocol sustainability for Cosmos. Sophisticated traders pay what they're willing to to run their arbitrage strategies where they're going to make a lot of profit and they're going to be willing to pay a lot in auctions. And that can subsidize the chain. That's what Skip's all about, is bring that money back into the community to ordinary users and still get good execution prices and don't have to pay those fees and we can have sustainable Cosmos change. Yeah. That's awesome. So we're, we're going to dive into it with some more specific questions for you. Um, we've actually got this interesting concept called Mirror Eli 5. So what we're going to do is come play. If you can actually explain what Skip protocol is, it's going to help Skip learn how well they communicated what Skip is. And then the same is going to be true for the reverse. So Skip, you're going to reiterate what Complay is. And then we're going to dive really deep into how and who and where and why. So Complay, if you want to take a minute here and give us an explanation of what Skip is, that'd be great. Well... Uh, to be honest, I mean, I, I'm not really good with MEV and, you know, uh, that kind of like te technical stuff. So if if I say I'm, I mean, I don't feel comfortable explaining everything that Skip does. Uh, I, yeah, I can't really, I can't really like, tell it. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, that's good feedback. Yeah. Yeah. Give it your best shot, Pendelor. Give it your best uh, Yeah. So basically... With block block space, I mean, first I gotta get into what MEV means, right? Because, um, yeah, again, I'm I don't really know much about that, so I'm a bit I'm a bit left behind on that. It's all good, actually. The whole yeah. point of this idea was to help surface kind of the issues with projects like MEV is a really hard topic. Yeah, and, you know, part of Juno ships is to say we're all building really complicated things, and it's really hard to communicate to even the best developers what you're doing. So the idea here is like maybe there are other ways that we can describe what we're doing to help everyone else understand and get behind it and even try it. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. it's such a it sounds like such a complicated thing that we don't even bother to try it. So. This is what it's all about. Um, yeah. So we're learning together. You know, ships together. We are a stronger community together. Especially when we talk ship. Yeah. I mean, what, what I what I know is so again, I know that you know in in a, in a single block, maybe you miss some value in it. But I I mean I assume MEV, MEV is all about that. I guess what Skip is trying to do is you know you know harness that lost. Uh, how should I put it? Lost like maybe computing power or like resources, and just try to utilize that. I guess. Awesome. And great. actually, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna pause you there, 
and we're going to go with Skip. See if Skip can do the same, you know, describe Comple. And then we'll we'll kind of dive into further there, like, what does it actually mean? So Skip, if you can give us what you think Comple is. I think from a high level, Comple makes building NFT-based applications easier. Um, as it's the most highest level uh, understanding of their product. So it allows people to uh, build these applications using tools that don't have to force them to be super technical, deep developers, um, allowing for more users to be able to begin exploring the NFT space. Excellent work. That was awesome. How, how did he do, Comple? That was pretty good. <laughs> that was better than mine, to be honest. Boom. That means that means you did well, not us. It's uh all it's right. Thank you. All right. Thank, thanks a lot. That's awesome. great. So do we want to move into how and the who? Yeah. Wanna yeah. wanna introduce that one, Meta? Yeah, so uh for both of our guests, um we're gonna give you some some time to just explain to all of us how you are bettering the interchain, uh, and then who you might be integrating with. So uh, Skip, why don't you take the lead on this one and tell us how you're bettering the interchain and uh, who you might be integrating with. Sure. Um, I'm hopping on a plane, by the way. So if the background noise gets too bad, just let me know. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll try to do the quick how and who and then pass things over to Jeremy. So just to back up a little bit about what Skip does and what MEV is, um, every when you have DeFi applications um, and you have folks who are either taking out loans or trading for assets for one another or doing something that has any kind of financial market price consequence, this creates opportunities for sophisticated people to make money off of it. So very simple example is on osmosis, somebody might trade a large amount of Juno uh, to buy some Osmo on one pool, which pushes the price of Osmo up really high on that pool. And uh, if there's another pool where the price of Osmo is lower, then a sophisticated trader can come in and buy the Osmo on the low pool and sell it on the high pool and make money risklessly that way. And that's what we call arbitrage. So, but there's a limited number of those kinds of opportunities that arise every block. Some of these come from reorganizing transactions. Some of them come from just being able to be at the top of the block, right? Or in a specific position in the block. But because there's a limited number of opportunities there, there has to be some way where people are competing for them, right? Um, and by default, in Tendermint, where transactions are ordered on a first-come, first-served basis, the way people compete is through speed alone. Right, the trader, you see that this big Juno Osmo swap happened and you want to make money off of it. So you need to submit your transaction that buys on the low one and sells on the high one really fast. And everybody else is doing it. You just spam the network, it's a ton of transactions. And that's what we saw with Skip Satellite, which Jeremy made satellite that skipped that money, um, where you see that there's uh, a massive number of, of failed MEV transactions that have happened from people effectively doing this, racing to be first, spamming the network, and losing. So what Skip does is it kind of changes that competition on its head and it says, okay, what if instead we ran a sealed bid auction 
where traders who want that opportunity, who want to be at the top of the block so they can um, execute those sophisticated strategies that only uh, a single person can win each block, what if we made them pay in an auction to do that? And what if we just sold the right to, to execute that trade to the highest bidder? And then what if we took that money and we gave it back to the network and to the community and to the traders on Osmosis or on wherever who created that opportunity in the first place by imbalancing those prices? Um, and, and that's really what Skip and MEV is about. It's, it's about um, figuring out ways that we can leverage this inherent property of blockchains that some transactions create opportunities to make money that sophisticated traders will see and convert that into a source of revenue for the community. Um, and that's really how Skip is trying to make the interchain better. We're, we're, we're trying to create new, fundamentally new sources of revenue for Cosmos blockchains that, that arise from this kind of competition that right now is just being leaked out of the system. Um, I don't know if that helped that, at all. That, that was great. If I could actually reiterate slightly and then ask you a dumb question. Yeah. It sounds like what you're providing is minor extracted value that gives revenue to the chain, which is really good for everybody. And it's a way that it can utilize DeFi products and other, you know, asset primitives to, you know, be more capitally efficient from the execution standpoint. So the the kind of crowd question that I have for you is, is there anything I need to do as a user for that to work? Or is this purely something that happens from the protocol? It's a great question. Um... For the most part, as a user, you don't need to do anything except for stake with the network so you can start earning these increased MEV rewards. Um, the other thing, there are things that our infrastructure allows users to do. So if you're, uh, if you're an ordinary user, you're, you know, you're a whale and you want to make some big trades, but you don't want people to see them before they get executed because you're worried about getting front run potentially, especially if you let go across IBC or something like that. Or you just want to keep your trade private until it ends up on chains. Our infrastructure allows you to do that. And you can submit through our RPC. We're going to be trying to integrate it with wallets over time. Um, and you can actually have that kind of like transaction privacy. Whereas right now, if you submit a transaction, it just gets gossiped to all the validators and to everyone watching the network. And, and you know, people could censor you and you know, replace your trade with their trade, all sorts of gnarly stuff can happen. Skip gives you a, a new way to submit transactions to so that doesn't happen. So that's that's separate. Um, so like, you know, on the purely MEV side of things, there's nothing you need to do. If you want to leverage our infrastructure for privacy, then you can check out our RPC documentation over time. You know, hopefully wallets just provide this on the front end. And then um, Skip, who uh, might you be integrating with? I heard something about Osmosis. Is there any other teams that you're working with? Yeah, that's a great question. So we are live on Juno, running 30 plus validators. We're probably going to grow that to 50, 50 validators over the course of the next couple of weeks. We're going to be going on Evmos. We've received a small grant from the Evmos community um, to allow us to deploy there. We received a, an emergency grant from the Terra Builders Alliance to allow us to deploy there as well. Um, and then we're also we're also going to objective, say, uh, duality, and potentially a few other things. So 
right now we're mostly on Juno, but pretty soon uh, we're going to be everywhere. That's that's the goal. Um, and we're also looking for more fans from a great way. Any chain founders, core devs, protocol devs who are thinking about how they can turn anything into revenue should come talk to us. The product that we have for us is a little bit different than the auction product that I described. Um, but it's uh, and it's something that Jeremy has built and is going to be deployed there soon. I'll let him talk about that more later. I have to run, but I, I really appreciate you guys having me. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Barry. I think I, I was only able to hear like 5% of that. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that was shared across everybody. Uh, but basically, we're live on Juno mainnet right now. We're integrating with Osmosis, soon to be lot, you know, soon to be going to Evmos and Terra 2. And then we have partnerships announced with uh, Say and some exciting new protocols in the future. Awesome. Thank you for uh, reiterating that. All right, Compli. It is your turn to tell us uh, how you're bettering the interchain and who you might be working with or integrating with or whatever. Yeah. So uh, when we started doing Complet, uh, what we thought about was, so we're really interested in new technologies like NFTs. I mean, it's relatively new. So we wanted to actually get more out of it. I mean, when we look at you know, other networks or, you know, in Cosmos, uh, we see all of these different marketplaces, uh, you know, just uh, each each of them all, all can really collab with each or, you know, just interact with each other. I mean, they have they have the same base contracts in our case, like seven uh, CW721, but all of those things are separate things. And if we actually look at it from the, Cosmos philosophy, which is, you know, we have the internet of blockchains, right? Many different chains uh, collaborating with each other with IBC. And obviously we are going for that feature. So we thought that why shouldn't we actually, you know, have this kind of, have this way of thinking uh, made possible with NFTs because we believe that NFTs are actually what ties the, the blockchain to, to the real life. Because when you look at it, you can actually own a house as an NFT or your diploma or, you know, these kind of things where, you know, with dynamic metadata and everything, it can actually represent you on chain or, you know, the assets or the real life things you have. So basically, we wanted to build an infrastructure uh, to be able to uh, work with all of these different things. And when I say NFT-based applications, I really mean, you know, these different applications, not just like games or static marketplaces where you know you can actually represent what you have in real life uh on the blockchain so basically with a set of contracts with the framework the javascript library and and the website so we're uh building out this this infrastructure this next level internet of nfts uh per se and and yeah it just came out like that and you know we we went for juno networks uh uh, as a, we would have proposal, so uh, we're really happy to you know build this on Juno and make Juno the the hub of the generalized NFTs. Actually, that's so awesome. Yeah, one of the you know hugest things we're really stoked on to have you here for is you know congratulations your proposal passed. We're really excited to see you build out from here. Thanks a lot. And um, you know stoked to get the updates that you've had. I'm curious, you know. Roadmap wise, what are your plans for this little technical, but like ICS 721 or really, you know, incorporating the 
interchain vision yeah. and accepting, you know, basically you could make Juno the hub of interchain NFTs if you want to. Yeah. So what we're thinking is uh, this in, in this month, we're going to be open sourcing, you know, the initial version of, of our contracts. Uh, it's not production ready yet, but still it's uh, so it's like 11, 12 different contracts, uh, you know, working together. And with, with the ICS 721, uh, what we're planning is actually first build out the the inter hub communication, which is you know connecting two different projects with each other. Uh, then maybe build on with ICS 721 to actually connect two different networks, two different projects, complete framework projects uh, into a different networks. So again, just uh, first we need to you know connect two different projects, then we can move on to the IBC stuff. Cool. And I, I want to hear like timeline wise, what are your thoughts on shipping in Juno and what does that look like in terms of like open sourcing and, you know, give me the whole spectrum of what you guys have planned. Yeah. So again, in, in this month, uh, like in, in two or three weeks, uh, we're going to be open sourcing again, the initial version. Uh, so we have this milestone system. If you look at the proposal again, we actually divided uh, the whole project into four different pieces. And, you know, once we complete these things, uh, we will get the other funds. So for the first one, again, the, the open sourcing and uh, the website designs, Marbu, and there is a complete framework, uh, framework playground, which is, you know, you can play around with different contracts and just like configure the project. Uh, this month, you're going to be seeing all of that. Uh, and then... You know, in, in, in the coming months, uh, I would say, uh, I mean, I, yeah, three to four months, maybe four to five, or uh, you will be able to like test it out on the testnet. And uh, I guess in four or five months, we'll just be uh, in production level. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully, where hopefully are you everything on? goes, goes right. Yeah. Where are you on your milestone? Is so. Uh, we are, again, the first in initial version of the, uh, so we actually, uh, got funded, uh, for the first milestone, but got the half of it. So this month we're going to be completing that one. So the first milestone is, uh, will be gone. And the second one, you know, we'll be building out the, the Marbu, uh, the website, uh, ready to be tested on the test net. So, you know, based on the feedback uh, from people. So we just want to, you know, test it out with the, with the community. Uh, and based on the feedback, you know, we'll make the necessary changes. And uh, after that, we'll just go on production. Awesome. And, and will people be able to, is this going to be supported by a token? Or no, not really. We, Juno? Yeah, we don't really have a token. Again, this is, this is uh, you know, we, we built the tools for, the community, the people to you know build upon. So uh, it's it doesn't really have a token. Uh, we have a revenue model in Marbu, which so normally we're you know we're giving this framework for people to use. But with Marbu, uh, you know we want to keep doing these uh, cool things. So uh, we have a revenue model there. So every collection will be. I mean it's a, it's a gateway for for the framework. So it's used as an indexer for the projects that are coming out of Marbu, and actually in that revenue model uh the if, if a percentage of the 
secondary sales uh, in the in the marketplaces will actually go to the community pool and uh, we'll get some of them, to, uh, some of those too. So basically, it will just help us to build uh, better products. You know, keep on doing this, and and framework is you know will be a tool for people to build different things. And you know, basically, since it's a framework, it will actually allow uh, different developers projects to build their own contracts. You know, all uh, on modules components and just like plug them in and basically uh, have everything themselves. Awesome. I've got one last question and then we'll move into like the Q&A section of this. Um, this. This question is open to both of you. What are you looking for from the community? Are there ways that the community can get involved with you now? And what are you looking for in terms of integration partners? How can other teams help you ship better product? Uh, yeah, let me let me go first. I mean, since this is a this is a tool for the for the community. I mean, uh, them using it is actually uh, just best. The it is the best feedback for us because we can learn uh, from what people's uh, expectations are, and you know, even with building a game or you know doing this some uh, some app, uh, people will expect uh, some things from the framework. So. I mean, based on the things we listen and based on the feedback, we can actually, you know, integrate it into framework, you know, change a couple of things. Uh, I mean, even just like getting getting a fund from the community is actually a big thing for us. So uh, we want to be, be in touch with the community in uh, all aspects. And uh, who we can actually like integrate it with, again, the games and everyone that wants to build and you know, have an easy time just like developing applications with a with a no code environment. Uh, everyone is welcome to you know join us. And even with you know with DAOs, uh, basically we have this DAO mode where uh, DAOs can be used easily. So normally, if you wanna you know do something in a DAO, you wanna you know create a message, copy that, you know pay, uh, paste it on the uh, DAO proposal, you know just like put it with that, but you know, we will just have this easy way of uh, DAOs to use the framework. Uh, you know, I'll I'll tell more about it uh, in the coming weeks. But again, we just want to have this like these easy things. You know, these integrations with the applications in in Juno or maybe in the future in other networks. But you know, what we believe is again, uh, we have all these different networks. We're gonna have all these different NFT based applications and. Even with the applications we have right now, like DAOs, you know, some DEXs, like we do Skip, we want to build this network, and you, you know, we want to make it, make it easier for applications to use each other. So uh, we're gonna start with DAO, DAO, and you know, in in the in the coming months, we'll we'll maybe see more. Awesome, Jeremy, Juicy Jeremy. Yes, sir. Yes, your sir. Turn to let us know how the community can get involved or, or things you're looking for from other teams? I think from a from a really broad perspective, the big ask for the community would just to be get more educated on MEV. And we want to be as helpful as you can in that, um, in that conversation. And the big reason is because at the end of the day, MEV is all about value creation, value extraction, and value distribution. Um, there are protocols and there are users' actions that are actively creating value on these protocols and they're allowing somebody to extract them and it is kind of in our ballpark right now especially in cosmos 
for us to decide how this value gets distributed across all the different stakeholders, right? Like we can actively take control of the political economy that these Cosmos chains build, whereas in other ecosystems, for example, like Ethereum, um, they've already given that all up to, you know, a single direction, meaning everybody's just going to get sandwich attacked and the most profitable, you know, uh, traders or the most profitable blocks will always beat out everybody else's transactions. And you, I think Cosmos... Can you pause just for a second? Yeah. What is a sandwich? What is sandwiched mean? Yeah. Sorry. Let me, let me take a step back. So um, when we talk about MEV, we usually mean that somebody can essentially make free money. Um, there are some sequence of transactions or messages um, that can prop mean that, you know, they can, a trader or a user can make more money off of. Um, a lot of times when we talk about, uh, if you ever hear back running arbitrage, that means that there's an imbalance uh, state of certain, you know, DEXs and pools such that I can buy maybe, you know, uh, Osmo on one pool for uh, $1 and I can sell it on another pool for $2. Um, when people talk about sandwich attacks, however, that's purely based off of user slippage. So when somebody trades with a DEX on JunoSwap, you decide what amount of slippage you want to, like your slippage tolerance that you want to allow. And if a trader sees that you want to allow for a 5% slippage tolerance, but your transaction will only make you slip 1%, um, they can put a trade or they that essentially buys in the same direction as you are buying and force you to have uh, your max slippage. And what that allows them to do is it allows them to immediately profit off of your transaction while also giving you a worse price execution for what you would have normally gotten if they weren't allowed to put their transaction right before yours. And when you look at ecosystems like Ethereum and what Flashbots and Proposal Builder Separation has allowed, um, these sandwich attacks are the most profitable thing in MEV right now. And it's um, fundamentally allowing more sophisticated traders to harm users and profit for themselves. Um, and okay, Cosmos, so, go ahead. But just, just to clarify, it's called sandwich because I put in my trade, I said what slippage I want. Somebody snooped on that and basically got in front of me, put in a trade, forcing me to then have to pay more. And then where does the other part of the sandwich come in? They So they would immediately backburn your transaction. So if there's only three transactions oh. in a block and you're the second one, they want to be the first one, so right ahead of you and right behind you. So let's say you're buying Juno with Osmo, their first transaction will buy Juno with Osmo, and then their last transaction will sell uh, Juno for Osmo. And it's your transaction that is allowing them to make that profit because you're uh, changing the price. And so that's what they call it, like a sandwich. That's pissing me off. That's irritating. Why yes. is that allowed? Um, it, it shouldn't uh, be allowed, fundamentally. And I think one interesting thing about Cosmos is that Cosmos's mempools, so Tendermint Core, the consensus engine for Cosmos, um, is a first-in, first-out mempool. And what that means is that these types of sandwich attacks um, or sandwich trading was never possible in the Cosmos ecosystem. Um, because the reason why it was allowed on Ethereum is because they have price gas auctions, meaning people are. And then so when we talk about MEV, there are different types of designs of systems that potentially could allow this to happen. 
And I think fundamentally, the big question for Cosmos Chains and what Skip is trying to do is say, hey, every protocol, every community should have complete, you know, determination over how they want to see this idea of an MEV market arise for their community and their protocol. Um, and it's not something that only, but it can be something that communities decide, yes, we don't want sandwich attacks, but yes, we also want to be able to profit more of it for MEV that we see as good. Maybe, you know, liquidating um, under collateralized loans or arbitraging pools such that we have good price execution all around. Um, and so I think when you look at it, why it arose, it arose because of, you know, and kind of the, the precedent set uh, in that ecosystem. And now a quick word from our episode sponsor. This episode of Juno Ships is sponsored by Hydrus, the interchain avatar built on Juno, designed for good. Check them out at idols.zone. What the hell? <laughs> so we're going to jump into a Q&A session. That was, that was amazing. <laughs> we're going to jump into a Q&A session. Um, if you want to ask a question of Complay or um, Skip Protocol, please raise your hand. I'll add you as a speaker, and we can have 30 seconds for you to ask the question. Now, what happens after the 30 seconds? You get totally shut down. No. <laughs> That's important for everybody to understand. Do, you, do, we have to answer in, do we have to answer in 30 seconds, too? No. Oh, that'd be you nice. Can, you, oh, can take, you can take <laughs> the we'll question. Not, yeah. All right. We'll, we'll only let you ask a question for 30 seconds, though. I had to with... do some MEV on your answer. <laughs> a sandwich attack your answer. <laughs> I don't, I don't see anybody with questions again. I think maybe we need to prep people like come with some questions. Do you have some questions? Um, I know we could probably like talk about MEV all day because it's so weird and irritating. Um, <laughs> but let so, me see if I, let me yeah. see if I understand it. Ooh, I see a question. I'm going to shut do. up for a second. Rect gang. Welcome on to the stage. You got 30 seconds. Go ahead and ask your question. Oh boy, I wasn't ready. Um, <laughs> question for Complay: Could you uh, give us a real life example of you know how the platform will be used? I kind of understand loosely all the interoperability that you guys want to implement, but let's say you guys launch in five months. Like, what's you know what would be a good use case for it? All right, so imagine that, you know, there's another Cosmoverse and we're going that. Uh, basically, you can have this ticketing system and you can have an application for it and you can store the NFTs uh, with, with comp. I mean, you can make the NFTs with Compli framework and with the app you developed and you have the Compli framework infrastructure, you know, all the different tickets, uh, you can like swap between them. You can even... Like, let's say you had this event, you, you know, minted those tickets with as NFTs, you, you know, went to the, went to the, uh, went to the event, used the QR code, you know, got into the, uh, got into the venue and you had like two different events, let's say. So I, let's say I actually make another event, which is, I want to say like, all right, let's get the people that actually joined these like two events before. So basically with you know with one of our modules like uh, called merch module 
you can actually, you know, combine two of those tickets and, you know, mint another one to a user. Uh, but, you know, with, with the framework, you don't really have even need to have some scripts, you know, go through different addresses. You can just do this on chain. Uh, you know, this is the, this is one of the things you can do. And even, you know, with, with games and everything, you can just build out different things. So this will be more like a platform for creators, right? Yeah. Uh, it, it gives you the tools to create different projects. So basically create as Marvu, on the other hand, is more of an end user thing. Uh, you know, projects will be able to create uh, their own thing over there. But uh, the, the framework is, you know, for the people who wants, who wants to build out these interconnected uh, projects. Awesome. Just a quick reminder, if you have a question, go ahead and request to speak and we'll add you. I also have yeah. a question for, oh, go ahead, Neda. No, I just, I want to see if I explain this right, Jeremy. So you, you shoot me straight here if I got it. MEV is basically somebody is watching, somebody's watching a hot dog eating contest. And they, it's a very long table. And they are able to see from up on high which hot dog person is eating the most hot dogs and about to win. And when they see that, they go and make a bet with the bookie and say, this person's going to win. And then they make their bet and that person, nope, this isn't working. That's a bad metaphor. This is really confusing. I think I think a better okay. I think a better metaphor I think a better metaphor may just be in you know in blockchain land somebody drops a twenty dollar bill and then there's twenty dollars on the ground and um, somebody is always watching the ground to pick up these twenty dollars and what Skip is trying to say is hey person who's watching that ground so intently you can pick up that twenty dollars but pay the protocol back nineteen and I let the protocol decide. Maybe it should go back to the user who dropped it. Maybe it should go to the protocol itself or the people who are supporting the protocol. Um, but it's fundamentally picking up value, picking up money that's being leaked just by people living their lives and doing the actions they want to do on the blockchain. And we're trying to figure out, you know, how we can actually distribute this uh, this leaked value um, back to the people who deserve it. Okay. Any chance of working with Complay? Maybe you have an NFT collective that can also bid on these MEV things and then it goes back to their DAO or their Enclave? Well, there's there's two interesting... So one, in, in general, in, in the NFT space, um, NFT sniping is also seen as part of the MEV space where you know, and it, when and it, certain NFT mints happen, um, there are people who can get there faster than normal, regular users. And so... Um, anytime there is a race to kind of be the first in the block such that you can execute a specific transaction, minting NFTs, whether it's finding an arbitrage opportunity, doing a liquidation, um, MEV will be present and there will be actors who are trying to either use the system to the fullest extent or abuse the system in some way to make sure that they get the most value. And so from a broad perspective, I think uh, the NFT space is very interesting for MEV. Because um, it's the same fundamental problem as maybe a liquidation and just trying to be the first one to get something. Um, on the flip side, and another interesting thing is, you know, if, if you write like the, the Adam 2.0 idea of the scheduler, 
using essentially NFTs to sell future block space, um, to sell rights for future block space is also a really interesting space at the intersection of MEV and NFTs. Um, uh, I think there's a lot more research and work that needs to get done, but uh, you know, give it a year or two years, I think all these concepts will be very much so infused with one another. So Jeremy, can this be described? Is Skip more of a MEV as a service or is it more of a Cosmos module? Did we mute Jeremy? No, I was, uh, sorry, abrupt ending. I'll, I'll, I, need to, I need a better way to stick these landings. Oh, I didn't hear it. Oh. What was the answer? <laughs> oh, you didn't hear the answer at all? No. I didn't. No, you were muted. Oh, I no. am sorry. I am sorry. <laughs> um, that is completely my fault. Um, I was saying that so, um, the NFT space and MEV space is, is already a thing where people are oh, um, oh, oh. We, we heard you going after specific NFT. Uh, NFT mints, trying to be the first one to mint these NFTs. Um, and people are using Flashbots or other systems in the Ethereum space to make sure that the first one's there. And so, um, you know, NFTs in, within themselves have a lot of value. And there are a lot of people who want to be the first um, in line to get certain things. And so there's already kind of an intersection there. Um, right. But the question, the question was, Kron, uh, can you repeat it? Yeah, I was just wondering if Skip is more of MEV as a service or is it a Cosmos module specific? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not hearing any of Kron at all. Oh, weird. Um, so he's asking, is Skip sort of MEV as a service or is it Cosmos module specific? Um, it's a little bit of both. So one core product is a fork of Tendermint. And so any Tendermint chain can start using these types of off-chain auctions once we integrate with their chain, which allows searchers to essentially submit bundles or submit transactions to us and pay for them. And then we make sure that gets distributed back to the, uh, back to, uh, the protocol. On the flip side, we are also building Cosmos SDK modules. So that being um, for Osmosis where we're directly looking at their protocol and saying, okay, is there a way for in consensus in this protocol without relying on any sophisticated trader or searcher to be able to extract value um, back and just give it to the protocol? And so for Osmosis, we're building a completely custom MEV solution for them that says whenever somebody swaps, we see if there's you know money left on the table. And if there is, we capture it and we give it back to the network without relying on any other searcher or trader to have to do anything. Um, and the big fundamental difference here is for a chain like Juno that's more generalized and you know permissionless, anybody can really launch new things, it's very hard to build these MEV solutions within the protocol themselves um, just because you don't really have neatly defined things and the space can get really complex. And so you just want to let searchers do what they do best and understanding complexity, finding the opportunities. But on app-specific chains like Osmosis, where um, the, the user actions are more predefined, we, you can start really exploring that space of what can we do in consensus in protocol. And therefore, we're, you know, in that sense, we're building this kind of really deep custom Cosmos SDK module system. Um, but on the other space, or, you know, on the off-chain auction side, it's a more generalized solution um, that you can view as kind of MEV, you know, MEV, recapture MEV protocol capture as a service. Okay, that made sense. 
Complete. Do you feel like you can explain it like your five now, what MVV is or what Skip does? I can actually explain it, yeah. Now I Go now I am it. fully answering. So what basically Skip does is uh with 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 different transactions sometimes uh there's a there's some there are some tokens some money that that's left on the table and you know the person the address that is making transaction actually getting all of that but with skip uh the protocol the network can actually uh see these transactions and say that that token not uh, it doesn't fully belong to you and you can actually return it back to the network uh the other person still can yeah, get their money but it will be uh, far more less, and the network will not actually lose the value. Uh, did I get it right? Yeah, solid. I like it. Nice. Yeah. Way to go! It's working. Thanks a lot. That that explanation was good. I mean, that analogy was was really uh, was really good. We'll oh, we'll leave with dog? that more often. Did yeah. Nah, not the hot dog. Not the hot dog. <laughs> that made me hungry, to be honest. <laughs> that was the worst analogy or metaphor ever. <laughs> <laughs> hey, does anybody else have any questions for Complay um, or Skip? We haven't even gotten into Complay and uh, how they're going to open source it. Um, other teams they're going to work with. Are they going to work with Pupmost? I mean, these are questions that we want to know. But you might also have a question. So go ahead and raise your hand and just come up. What, uh, Jeremy, what is the most that somebody has been able to extract on Skip to date? Are you uh, able to, to, say? to date, that is very small still because we just uh, launched on Juno. Um, so the number that's like most extracted is, uh, is uh, very negligible for now. But we are, the, the kind of current launch structure is we've been getting more coverage on validators and more coverage on validators mean more searchers are interested in using skip to capture their MEV and, um, and kind of in a, in a weird way. And searchers don't necessarily want to use skip searcher. Oftentimes searchers just want to keep all the money to themselves. And so using an auction system, isn't the, they won't go out of their way to use an auction system. The only reason why a searcher would want to use an auction system is if other searchers are using it and forcing them to compete in that auction. But you know, if all searchers came to agreement that they would, none of them would use skip, and they would all just pocket more money. And that's kind of like the the situation that they would love to be in, where they don't give any money back to the network. And so our first and foremost priority is getting coverage on validators. And once we have enough coverage on validators, being able to start adopting and bringing searchers on um, and saying that we are the better way to execute these transactions and then allowing for that competition to flourish. Um, but in terms of the biggest MEV days kind of in Cosmos history, those are really on um, those big, you know, the big Terra days. And then, during those Terra days, within like a two-day period, you know, millions of dollars were made um, off of uh, MEV arbitrages and stuff. And so soon, and you know, right. actually, fingers crossed that th that situation doesn't happen again. But if it ever does, the protocols will make a little more money now. <laughs> Wait, are you saying the fall of Terra helped MEV traders make a butt ton of money? Yes, that terror. Well, generally speaking, volatility and volume of transactions and trades uh, okay. creates uh, MEV opportunities, and so those days were quite heavy in both of those. And there were uh, you know millions of dollars left on the floor that were picked up by searchers. Yeah, I think there's kind of two situations where you basically have 
high volume of microtransactions like we've seen on Curve and others on Ethereum. If Kron is speaking again, I cannot hear. Just a preface. Oh, man. Oh, that is weird. Yeah. It's like black Kron <laughs> only. Complete. Um, can you hear Kron? Yeah, I can hear everyone. Oh, okay. Um, Jeremy, you want to leave and come back? See if that fixes it? Yeah, I'll try that. Now we can talk about it. <laughs> can you hear me now? <laughs> Everything good? I can hear you. Complete? Yeah, I, I have no problem. Huh. Yeah. No problem. Yeah, I was looking at the MEV from Skip's thing. I, th- I think I saw a screenshot of um, of validators and what they were making and, and what they gave back to the network. And some people were asking questions like, why doesn't this validator give more back to the network? Or why doesn't that validator give more back to the network? And really, I think it's what Jeremy said. It's just so negligible right now that it they're not making a lot because they're, it's just so new and there isn't a lot of that opportunity. But when there are, then validators can give more back to either their stakers uh, or their delegators or the network at large. Is that right, Jeremy? Yeah, and I think um, what at, when as we launched, we allowed validators to go completely from zero to 100, decide how much they wanted to keep for themselves and how much they wanted to give back to the network. Um, very soon, we'll be launching a governance proposal um, on Juno to uh, ask the community how much kind of we should be allowing validators to take. Are there a balance between, you know, X and Y percentage that we want validators to keep and the rest to go back to the network decided by governance? And Skip, um, we have, you know, full plans to, uh, you know, respect whatever the governance decision is and then allow validators to choose between any of those bounds if, um, if governance wanted to kind of create those bounds. And I think it also gets interesting for ICS chains where, um, you know, ICE on interchain secure chains, the validator set and the stakers may not necessarily be the protocol, you know, the protocols, token holders or community uh, themselves. And so, you know, if a ICS chain launches an MAV solution, does it all go back to Atom holders? Does it all go back to the Atom stakers? Or should it go back to the protocol itself for them to distribute it maybe to the smart contracts or to different users, et cetera? And so um, I think the space of who actually deserves this MAV is still very underexplored. And uh, our solution is to not pick a side yet and just let governance decide for each protocol themselves. And so um, every chain we launch on, you'll likely see a governance proposal um, either from us or a community member that then can help us kind of figure out what Cosmos wants um, as it relates to who deserves this this money. Awesome. Can you hear me now, Jeremy, by the way? I can hear you, okay. Kron. I, am, I apologize. Wait. I apologize. Cool. So I actually had a question for you and, you know, folks in the audience, if you have a question, please request. We'll, we'll have you up for 30 seconds. Um, maybe this is a weird question, Jeremy, but is there a way that I can choose who I submit a transaction to, or is there just a generalized pool that Skip manages, and then that gets just distributed across everyone running validators? Um, in terms of their staking rewards, so right now, uh, not the staking rewards. Uh, the actual like, when I'm when I'm executing a transaction, I submit it before it gets done, right? Yeah. So where does that go? Who, who am I sending that to? Yeah. So right now, you'd be sending it to our own RPC endpoint. And what our endpoint does is, first, it simulates your transaction. And so the skip auction will never land a failed transaction on-chain. 
So first we simulate it to make sure it would work. And then it's on the user to actually specify. So um, in your kind of sending us your transaction, you can either say like block height zero, which just means throw me in the next uh, you know available block height that is a skip validator. Um, and to take a step back, we can only submit uh, transactions on validators that have already that are using skip. And so you can submit parameters that essentially say either I want to be in a specific block height or put me in the next transaction that a skip validator is up. Um, and so you have those two parameters. But in, within the Cosmos ecosystem, you don't really know who the next proposer is until the previous block. And you have kind of this like, you know, couple second wiggle room to know who actually the next proposer is. Whereas in different ecosystems like Ethereum, you kind of know um, pretty far in advance and you could probably choose who you, who you want to specifically give it to. But uh, currently in Tendermint, um, that's not too possible right now. Awesome. Thank you. Oh, I had a question. Um, Jeremy, how does a validator get on to skip? Is it hard? Do you have docs? Do you have an easy like website we can go to to do that? Yes. So uh, it's super easy. Um, you can go to skip.money slash registration. And there's an easy to use process um, that's either one using Kepler and essentially signing a message um, with your operator key as a validator, which tells us that you truly are that validator. And we have some docs and videos on how you get set up very easily. And then we have another kind of uh, method if you don't want to use Kepler, that's also very easy. But um, I think, you know, takes 10, 15 minutes and gets you set up. Um, we have, we're already launched on testnet too. If you're a validator and you want to test it out first on testnet before mainnet, completely understandable. And so you can launch on testnet as easily. And then whenever you're ready, launch on mainnet, you know, and, you know, Twitter DMs are open, Discord's open. So ask any questions. We're, uh, you know, first and foremost, uh, a support group. So we're here to, we're here to help anybody. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, uh, between both of you, and I just want to poke here. So I'm sorry if this hurts. I didn't hear you say many teams that you're like working with. Now I did hear osmosis, but I think they're paying you. I'm wondering, do you have like teams that you vet things with or gut check with or, or like a collective group of people that are helping you get there? Or are both of you kind of siloed and not really talking to other teams, just kind of doing your own thing? I can, I can take that first. Um, most of the people, you know, it's the, the, the old like Y Combinator, old like startup advice, just like talk to your customers. Um, so most of the people that we spend our whole days talking to are validators, uh, protocol teams, and searchers. Um, talking to the people that would actually use our product, talking to the communities and uh, protocols that are trying to figure out what they want to do with MEV. And we're kind of purely, you know, we're, we're kind of almost dead focused on just like continue, commu continue communication with them and figuring out what they want. Um, and, you know, alongside, there are many MEV researchers kind of across all these different ecosystems that we're always in touch with and we have calls and discussions with. But I think in terms of kind of thought partners, it's really just the customers and uh, the people that are interested in using the systems and figuring out what, what works best for them. Um, and in the validator world, um, that ends up being a lot. You know, we have this big telegram with, you know, over 100 validators and just, constantly talking with them and figuring out what they want and, and how we can make it better for them, I think is kind of our complete focus. 
not many other um you know everything else i think beyond that is kind of uh helpful discussions but not our primary focus uh for our case uh, because we're building the product uh, right now, we haven't really talked to other teams about, you know, uh, possible about possible collaborations. But, uh, you know, we talked with some teams uh, about some projects that they might they might do with the framework. So, you know, uh, with a, with back and forth talks between them, I mean, inside us, uh, we're just like still building it. So in the coming months, uh, a lot of different teams and you know, people will be uh, involved with the project. So, uh, yeah, looking out for that one. Excellent stuff. Thanks again, everybody. Um, this is top of the hour, so we're going to end it here. Appreciate everybody uh, joining us and the questions that were asked. Really stoked. We actually have another, um, our next Juno Ships episode coming out next Thursday. Same time, same channel. You'll see a scheduled invite coming in a couple days. We're going to host Howl Social and oh. composable finance so look out for that invite share with your friends thanks for coming support complay support skip juno ships juno ships juno ships juno ships yes. <laughs> let's go oh, someone's got a yelp yeah the hot dog <laughs> that's the quote of the episode yeah the hot <laughs> compare dog compare this to a hot dog <laughs> All right. All right. See you later, everybody. Thank, Thank you. you Thanks everybody. a lot. Juicy. Thanks a lot, guys, for having us. See you later. Take care. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was Juno Ships featuring Skip Protocol and Compel Social, hosted by Croncat. Bad Kitty. Recorded on Thursday, November 10th, 2022. For Terraspaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, Head on over to terraspaces.org slash donate and show some support. Shout out to Tendermint Timmy and the Spark IBC team. You can now donate using Juno USDCZs right there on terraspaces.org slash donate. And you'll get Spark points. How cool is that? Good kid. When we blow through the dust, volcanoes erupt. No one ever guessed that the game would be tough. Keep a hands off when the play is a bust. Plain old and just, so we keep it on the one. Blast off on the two. Help me see the three. Third eye open wide, checking out the scene. Razor beam focus, star scream jokers. Living off the fat of the people they approach. Tell me what happens when the land fights back. With the cliffs at our backs, make a last stand matter. No one ever planned for the famine on deck. We was walking all a wreck with the dead man swagger. Sitting in a little den, vision in the middle men. Listen to the fatal man play a little ditty then. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian. Lost in the maze, trying to make the next billion. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian. Lost in the maze, trying to make the next billion. Sitting in
in a little den envisioning the middlemen listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian lost in the maze trying to make the next no one gave a shit till the drugs all dried up everybody died from a bad batch of lysol but it didn't matter we was all hyped up when the pedal hit the metal he just didn't have the right skill watched in the daytime till the night curfew rats in a cage till they make time to murky got a little job that falls under my purview we gotta get this mob away from the birds view gotta find cover wipe off the bird poop right off the work while you try on the worst juice blinded by perps who try to reverse truth slide like fox news just trying to lie to you eating up the slop like a bunch of hungry vagrants i can't wait for the day they lock us up in stasis mock up a basement could call me resilient waiting for the internet to make me a billion In the middle men, listen to the fiddle man Play a little ditty then Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze, trying to make the next B-b-b-billion Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze, trying to make the next B-b-b-billion Channel Spaces <laughs>